Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready get 30, ready get 20 20, 20 ready get 20 20, ready get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Story time. I was heading out to an abandoned farmhouse to hang out and drink some beers with four friends. Dark as hell in the middle of the woods. You have to follow the old overgrown driveway that starts where the road ends like a mile back. You can't drive back there anymore. It's like 30 years overgrown. The house belonged to the parents of the next closest house that's about 3 miles away as the crow flies. I know them and they're okay with us going back there, so we weren't trespassing. Anyway, we're walking back there with a couple flashlights and we were loud and should have scared any wildlife off well before we got close to see anything. Out of nowhere there's this giant ghost dog the size of a side-by-side ATV. I mean full-on blue-green glowing kind of shaggy dog in the middle of the woods. This animal is huge. No bears in that part of the country either which is the only thing I could compare it to size-wise. And we were close before we saw it. Maybe 20 to 30 yards. It was just there. Its movements were loud against the ground and brush, but made no sound itself. You could feel it move. We stopped, it paused, looked at us and ran off. 
Then it was just gone, like it only ran maybe 10 to 15 yards before just nothing. We turned tail and noped the hell out of there. We did go back. During the day. Not sure what we were looking for evidence-wise, but we never did find anything. I never went back there in the dark though. I'm a rational person, I acknowledge I have a limit to my intelligence and experience. I've seen shit I cannot rationally explain. This, by far, I had no frame of reference for. This incident actually occurred last year when I was out deer hunting. I had positioned myself against a sturdy tree, perched on a log, overlooking a rather sizable clearing. The time was around 9 am when I suddenly heard an immense presence behind me, undoubtedly a Sasquatch. It was merely 15 yards away, and the sound of its heavy panting confirmed its colossal size. Intrigued yet cautious, I remained perfectly still, not daring to make a single movement. The minutes ticked by, and it wasn't until 9.30 am, approximately 15 minutes after the creature's presence ceased, that I finally gathered the courage to stand up and cautiously survey my surroundings. To my astonishment, I noticed a one-half branch that had been snapped cleanly in half, roughly three feet above the ground. The sheer force required to break such a substantial branch indicated the immense strength possessed by these creatures. Air Force former active duty and current reservist here. I was deployed to Encirlik AB, Turkey recently back in October 2016. I worked the overnight shift so on my day off I would typically go to the bowling alley, USO do laundry late at night. Basically just find things to stay awake as long as I could so I didn't mess up my sleep schedule. Sometimes they would cut power to the entire base around 1-2 am. We never got a warning when it would happen, but everyone was used to it and it would come back up around 5-10 to 10 minutes later. One night on my day off, I was out by our tins, basically the shitty trailers that we stay in where they pack like eight airmen to a room meant for two. I think maybe I was trying to call my wife or just outside doing nothing, killing time. All of the sudden the power goes out completely. It's around 2 am. No street lights, no lights coming from buildings. It is pitch black on the entire base. I figure after 5 to 10 minutes it would come back, so I'm waiting. After about 5 minutes I hear security forces, military police, vehicles with their sirens racing up and down the streets. Still I'm like okay maybe an exercise or coincidence or something. 20 more minutes go by, still pitch black, a steady flurry of police cars still zooming up and down the streets. My buddy and co-worker comes out of his tin, telling me that a few of his roommates are security forces and their radios were going off with calls and that they had awoken and thrown on their uniforms and left the room. Keep in mind, this is only a few months after the coup happened, so everyone was on high alert and suspicion, and many of the people there at the time, not me, were present for the coup. So to keep with the story, me and my buddy are standing outside in the pitch black of night, police cruisers racing up and down the street and it's now been an hour. We were worried the base may be under attack. In Serlik AB is near Adana, Turkey, less than 100 miles from Aleppo and the Syrian border, and ISIS is obviously a big threat. 
Beyond that, we thought it could be another coup attempt by the Turkish people. So finally after about two hours of standing outside, unable to see anything, power finally comes back. We never got word about why that happened, or why the police cruisers were racing up and down the base. Could have been a power test slash routine shutdown gone bad. Could have been a coincidence with police cars. Who knows? We never found out what happened or why. In the vast wilderness of Grand Teton National Park, I, Jake, a seasoned hunter, ventured deep into the heart of the forest, driven by the desire to track down an elusive prey. The park's breathtaking mountains, crystal clear lakes, and dense forests had always captivated me, drawing me in with their raw beauty and abundant wildlife. Over the years, I had become intimately familiar with its rugged terrains, honing my skills and finding solace in the serenity of the landscape. But today was different. I yearned for a challenge beyond the usual moose or elk. I craved an opportunity to prove myself, to test my abilities against a creature known for its cunning and resilience. Filled with anticipation and excitement, I left the well-trodden trails behind and embarked on a solitary expedition into uncharted territory. As I ventured deeper into the woods, a peculiar sight caught my attention, a set of stairs leading to nowhere. Intrigued by this mysterious structure amidst the wilderness, I couldn't resist the pull of curiosity. Climbing those steps would soon set in motion a series of strange and unsettling events. The atmosphere grew increasingly eerie as I continued my journey. The dense foliage seemed to conceal hidden dangers, and the air carried peculiar sounds that echoed through the trees. Elusive shadows flitted between the trunks, evoking a sense of unease that lingered within me. It was as if unseen eyes watched my every move, sending chills down my spine. As night descended upon the land, transforming the surroundings into a haunting tableau, whispers filled the air, intertwining with the rustling leaves. The feeling of foreboding intensified. And then, I saw it, an unprecedented predator unlike anything I had encountered before. Towering at least 10 feet tall, with its grotesque features, a face devoid of a nose, massive claws, and teeth sharp as razors, it resembled a bear on a lethal dose of steroids. With lightning speed, it lunged at me, fueled by primal ferocity. Instinct took over, and I raised my rifle in a desperate attempt to defend myself. But my shots proved futile against the creature's formidable strength. It effortlessly overpowered me, flinging me aside as if I were insignificant. Amidst the chaos, I fought to regain control, to steady my racing heart and focus on survival. Escaping became my sole objective. Driven by sheer determination and fueled by adrenaline, I navigated treacherous terrain with urgency. Every muscle strained, every fiber of my being devoted to evading the predator's relentless pursuit. I fired sporadically, my rifle discharging shots in a wild attempt to slow down my pursuer. And then, Luck smiled upon me an errant bullet found its mark, piercing through the creature's head and causing it to collapse, lifeless, to the forest floor. Breathing heavily, my body trembling with exhaustion and relief, I approached the fallen predator cautiously. But before I could fully comprehend the gravity of the situation, the unmistakable sound of jeep tires reached my ears. In disbelief, 
I watched as several black jeeps, emblazoned with the distinctive insignia of the CIA, arrived on the scene. Men dressed in black suits swiftly emerged from the vehicles, their movements calculated and efficient as they contained the lifeless creature. Confusion and a sense of unease gripped me as I approached the enigmatic man, my voice betraying my astonishment. What is that thing? I managed to utter, my wide eyes searching for answers. The men exchanged knowing glances, their faces revealing nothing but secrecy. Finally, one of them spoke, his tone cryptic yet filled with a warning. Just forget everything you saw here. We're watching you. With that, they vanished into the night, leaving me alone with my bewildered thoughts and the lingering questions that would haunt me for days to come. During the last round of mutual fuckery between Israel and Gaza we took hold of a house in a city in the north of the Gaza Strip, one day we see a light grey, nearly white donkey with a foal coming towards us, after a quick discussion with the commanders it was decided that we should open fire in fear that Hamas might have planted a bomb in the donkey's stomach, so we shoot, pretty sure we hit it a few times and they both ran away and did not return, so far not that weird, right? When we were done in that hellhole and I came back home I talked to my friend from another unit, and casually brought the donkey story up, he said they had the exact same experience, down to the color of the donkey, checked up with friends from various units, sure enough, nearly everyone had the same experience, even ones that were much farther away. When I was a child, my mother used to regale me with stories of her own mother who served as a ranger. She spoke of the deep love her mother had for the job, and it ignited a flame within me to follow in her footsteps. But as life would have it, my grandparents passed away, leaving me with the responsibility to watch over the park. Every day, as I carry out my duties, memories of my mother's devotion to the park fill my mind. She excelled at her job, pouring her heart and soul into its preservation. However, she often mentioned the strange occurrences she would hear in the trees, as if they held a secret language only the woods could decipher. Somehow, she considered it normal. As I grew older, I took up the mantle of ranger, ensuring the park remained safe and protected. I always carry a special soda with me, finding solace in the familiarity and comfort it brings. My friends warned me against pursuing this job, recounting tales of resignations and a code of silence surrounding the things they witnessed. But despite their warnings, I felt drawn to this role. In 2019, I received a call to work the night shift during Christmas. My husband pleaded with me not to go, reminding me of our plans to celebrate together. But duty called, and I couldn't abandon my post. After all, how could we go out for a meal if I didn't work to put food on the table? I reassured him we would celebrate when I returned. On my way to the job, doubts began to creep into my mind. What if I encountered something dangerous? What if I got bitten, and there was no one around to save me? At least I had my watch, a gift from the job, to communicate with others. It offered a sense of security knowing that help was just a call away. Arriving at work, I was greeted by my best friend, who unbeknownst to me, was also on the same shift. She had been working double shifts, and exhaustion lined her face. 
She spoke of the strange noises she had heard near a nearby pond. All I wanted was to be home with my husband, but duty compelled me to carry on. As my friend clocked in for a break, I began my shift. Suddenly, I realized that I had misplaced my watch. Panic gripped me momentarily, but I remembered my friend's advice to stay posted. I decided to retrieve my soda from my vehicle instead. As I reached for my drink, a sinking feeling washed over me. I couldn't find it. I brushed it off, telling myself that this stage of the night would pass, and it would get better. Little did I know, the events about to unfold would shatter that illusion. The night grew darker, and the park came alive with the sounds of an ongoing event. We patrolled diligently, ensuring everything ran smoothly. But then, my friend received a call, instructing her to split and attend to a request on the other side of the park. She left, believing it was an order from our boss. I followed her, concerned for her safety. As I approached, I witnessed a horrifying sight. A creature leapt down from a tree, attacking my friend and dragging her into the pond. Desperation consumed me as I tried to intervene, but the creature's strength was overwhelming. It submerged into the water, leaving no trace behind. I knew my friend's fate was sealed. Frantic, I reached out to the dispatcher in the park, but my calls went unanswered. Using my watch, I contacted my boss, expressing my worry. He assured me that help was on the way. A rescue team was dispatched to locate my friend, Bonnie, but their search yielded no results. The park had to be shut down, and the authorities were informed to ensure the safety of the public. The police acknowledged that something out of the ordinary had occurred, dragging Bonnie into the pond. Reviewing the footage, we discovered the eerie sound she had mentioned. Despite this evidence, my boss dismissed her claims, chalking them up to insanity but we knew she wasn't crazy. The weight of the tragedy settled upon us as we had to notify Bonnie's family of her untimely demise. It was the most heart-wrenching task I had ever faced. This Christmas, marred by sorrow and disbelief, was a reminder of the price we pay for dedicating our lives to protecting others. As I returned home, eager to share the events with my husband, he noticed the scratches on my arms and face. Without uttering a word, I broke down and revealed the truth, that Bonnie was dead, and everything had to be closed down. Confronting her family was an indescribable pain I had never known. This was the first Christmas I spent working, and I despised every moment of it. The things I witnessed and the loss I endured had etched themselves deep within my soul. The park, once a place of joy and wonder, now harbored darkness and an unsettling presence that could never be forgotten. In August of 2010, I had my very own sighting of something similar while working third shift patrol with another deputy for Dallas County Precinct 3 Constable's office near Forney, Texas. At the time, I was stopped at the intersection of County Road 298 and Still Bridge Road, facing eastbound on CR 298 with my emergency lights activated. As I scanned the surroundings, I noticed something unusual moving northbound off to my left in a small wooded area. Initially, it appeared to be a large armadillo or some other rodent seeking shelter in the brush. However, it quickly became apparent that this creature was different. 
It was agile and swift, moving through the thick undergrowth with remarkable speed. Though it didn't seem overly large at first, it maintained a safe distance as it zigzagged between the trees, steadily approaching me at approximately 15 miles an hour. What struck me most was its long mane and shaggy hair, reminiscent of a horse, but its movements were unlike anything I had ever witnessed. It seemed almost alien and robotic, walking upright on two legs, covering ground with long strides akin to someone running through tall grass pretending to be Tarzan. As the creature drew nearer, about 65 feet away from my location, I decided to step out of my vehicle. At that moment, I could hear dogs barking in the distance, seemingly at the same time this creature emerged from the trees on the other side of CR 298. It locked eyes with me momentarily, its expression suggesting surprise or regret, before swiftly retreating into the brush, disappearing from sight. Estimating its height at around 5 feet and noting its slender build and thick hair, I remained at the scene for about 15 minutes, half expecting it to reappear on the other side of the brush. However, it never did. Despite the proximity between us, separated only by a ditch and several trees, I didn't sense any aggression directed towards me. If the creature harbored any ill intentions, it could have easily reached me. In that area, residents frequently report sightings of stray dogs and feral hogs, as people often discard unwanted pets into those woods. However, nobody seems to know the true identity of this enigmatic creature. Perhaps the abandoned pets serve as a food source for this mysterious entity. Furthermore, a third deputy also reported seeing tracks believed to be from the same creature in a similar location. Unfortunately, after several weeks of attempting to relocate the tracks, they were lost. It surprises me that this phenomenon is not more widely known, especially considering the number of reports made over the years by numerous individuals in the area. Some witnesses even claim to have heard blood-curdling screams resembling a woman being murdered, emanating from deep within those very woods. Despite thorough investigations, no evidence of violent deaths or missing persons matching these descriptions has ever been found. Official explanations for these events typically range from wild dogs and coyotes to escaped exotic pets like monkeys and lions. However, some locals entertain the possibility of an undiscovered species, such as a Sasquatch or an undocumented breed of primate. The only clue we have ever stumbled upon was a single set of prints, later identified as belonging to a man's work boot, likely dropped accidentally during his normal duties. It leaves us wondering if there truly is something out there, lurking right under our noses, waiting to be discovered. In 1995, my marine company woke up before sunrise at 29 Palm Springs. It was around 5.30 in the morning, and we were all gathered, sitting on our backpacks, awaiting orders. Suddenly, our attention was captured by five brilliant lights emerging from behind a hill roughly 200 feet away. These lights swiftly ascended into the sky without making a sound. Then, they started moving in a serpentine manner for several minutes before vanishing from our sight in an instant. Everyone in the company witnessed this phenomenon, including our company commander. To our surprise, he called for a company formation in the dark night, which was quite unusual. 
Once we were assembled, he addressed us, saying, Listen, we all saw it, and we know what it was. Don't ever speak about this to anyone outside of this company while you're still enlisted. I'll handle it myself. So stay quiet and let's prepare for the patrol. The commander's reaction left us with a sense of intrigue and caution. It was clear that something out of the ordinary had occurred, and he wanted to keep it strictly within our ranks. We followed his instructions and kept the incident to ourselves. Our focus shifted to preparing for the patrol ahead, suppressing any lingering thoughts about the mysterious lights in the dark desert sky. Reflecting back on that experience, it remains a haunting memory, something that happened in the depths of the night, sparking curiosity and leaving us with unanswered questions. So I moved to East Tennessee about two years ago now, and the state is absolutely gorgeous. Waking up every morning to a beautiful sunrise and going to sleep actually being able to see the stars is great, since I lived in a city before I came here. Anyways, ever since I moved here with my now husband, I've been having some odd encounters slash experiences with something here. Not really sure what it is, but here's a basic rundown of what it does. It scratches and knocks at the back door, closest to the woods, mimics voices, freaks our cat out to the point to where he doesn't act like himself, scratches on the wall closest to our bed, thumps on the floor, and gives us terrible nightmares. We live in his childhood home and he said that he's been dealing with this thing for a while now and to be very careful if I were to go up into the ridge by myself. I've been up there a few times and every time I did, I got a very uneasy feeling, like eyes on the back of your head or a predator watching you closely kind of thing. I think I was closest to it when we had to bury a few baby rabbits of ours that had passed away. It was dark and starting to rain, but I didn't want to just eat them into the woods since I hand fed them and had a bond with them. Me and hubby were close to the tree line when I heard something pacing back and forth in it. I couldn't see it but the leaves rustling and the presence alone told me what it was. I was spooked but I kept digging, since I wasn't just going to leave them in a shallow grave. Whatever it is never popped out, but sat pacing the whole time. No growls or anything, just movement. Any ideas on what it could be? I don't think it's a skinwalker or windigo, but maybe a demon? Anyone else have encounters with a being like this? I wasn't hunting be me and a couple friends were walking through the woods at about 1am. I pointed my flashlight into the woods and about 30 yards away was a pair of green eyes reflecting back at us. We sat there for a minute discussing what it was and the whole time it just sat there frozen. We decided that whatever it was we should leave it alone so we started to turn around. As I swung the flashlight around there was another pair of eyes. And another. And another and another. I pointed the flashlight back to where the first pair of eyes was and in the few seconds that I had taken the light off of it, it had moved closer. At that point we each grabbed a large branch and high-tailed it in the other direction. Not police or military but a firefighter I have two that I found creepy. The first, was an old church that in the 70s a local business bought, they used it as file storage before the building was condemned foff not being livable. 
We got called for a remote alarm through a security company. A pretty standard call. Anyways on arrival, we did a 360 walk around, couldn't see anything but found a few broken windows. So we make entry through the front and just walk around with just flashlights, the dust, decaying rooms and creaking of wood from other teams walking was unsettling. Then the audible alarm sounded. Just about jumped out of our skin. We find the panel shut it off and as we turn around two cops are standing behind us. One surprise jump and hearty laugh later and we were out having found nothing. The second was smoke in the building at a telecom relay house, where they keep local servers for phone and internet. We were walking around could smell electronics burning sea hazy smoke but didn't find a fire. Additionally the whole building had a very Stranger Things vibe that none of us could shake. During our two-month training stint at White Sands, New Mexico, my unit had an interesting experience that, while not particularly eerie, left us in awe. We were in the midst of a night range exercise, diligently shooting away, when suddenly, it seemed as if someone had switched on a fairly bright light. Naturally, frustration arose among us because such brightness interferes with our night vision goggles, NVGs. But then, out of nowhere, a tremendous clap of thunder resonated through the air, halting our shooting and capturing our attention. Every soldier directed their gaze upward, trying to comprehend what had just occurred. What we witnessed was nothing short of extraordinary, a colossal meteorite had streaked through the atmosphere, exploding into fragments that illuminated the night sky with a brilliance akin to daylight. In that moment, our frustration melted away, replaced by pure amazement and wonder. The entire area was bathed in an ethereal glow, courtesy of this celestial spectacle. It served as a reminder of the vastness and unpredictability of the universe, leaving an indelible mark on our memories. While it may not have been spooky, it was undoubtedly a breathtaking encounter with the grandeur of nature's cosmic dance. Long story short, I was walking my dog at night when I saw in the forest, lit up by the orange street lamps, what looked like a deer standing up, but when I looked at its head, I couldn't understand its face. As in, its head face was sort of shrouded in darkness, as if my mind couldn't comprehend what it was seeing. Strange, but explainable. Last night, years after that encounter, nothing strange had happened up to now. I was sleeping, my bedroom situated facing the road, with my windows open. I am normally a deep sleeper, but I woke up to the loud sound of bird noises. At first I thought nothing of it, simply birds calling in the middle of the night. But over time, I noticed something. It's hard to describe, but it sounded as if about every five seconds or so, there would be a different bird call. And the calls weren't different sounds, as in, certain birds make different pitched noises, or hoot, etc. Instead, it was the same whistling noise, not like a whistle blowing, but instead like the noise a songbird would sing, but in different arrangements, for an hour straight. It was very loud, loud enough that I covered my head with two pillows, and was still woken. It was just repeating the same 50 different calls or so in the same order. It was as if one type of bird was imitating the different calls it heard over and over in the same order. 
The noise was about 25 feet away, coming from the thicket next to my house. There was no sound but the calling noise. No crickets chirped, no frogs called. Hell, no cars drove through the neighborhood. I also faintly remember the smell of rotten eggs, but this may have been a trick my panicked mind played on me. Eventually it stopped and I fell back asleep, terrified. I had kept my eyes tight shut. I woke up again about 15 minutes later, hearing the sound seemingly further away, down the street, but again in the same exact order. Then later through the night, I heard the noise again, either in the same spot as before and louder, or right outside my window. I faced away from the window and kept my eyes shut, horrified but in such a tired state that I simply stayed put, not able to think of anything else. What the F was that? Does anyone have an explanation for this? I know my description may sound strange, but it's hard to put in words. All I know for sure was that it was not natural. This wasn't a bird, or crickets, or a frog, no. It was something else. Edit, nah, I was wrong on that last part. After checking out a few links and watching a few videos, I think that it was a mockingbird. I've never heard or seen one before, and it was pretty scary hearing its noises right outside for hours and having absolutely no idea what was making those noises. I'm happy now that I know I can keep a window open overnight. I guess this goes to show that a lot of things on this subreddit have rational explanations to them. It's important that we criticize and try to explain stories here, so that we can find what truly is irrational and try to come to an answer about these things. On a routine patrol on my Coast Guard cutter in the Eastern Pacific, late at night a few hundred miles offshore. I'm on the helm and the late night bridge watch conversations are the usual. People telling a few spooky stories. The radio crackles suddenly and everyone shuts up, since it's monitoring channel 16, which is international hailing and distress. We get static for 20 or 30 seconds, then singing. Someone is singing nonsensibly into their radio. It stops. After a while and we all kind of freak out. Later in the watch the bridge windshield wipers turned on on their own. The ocean at night is weird. I work supply in the Air Force, and we have a couple creepy stories about our warehouse that I always thought were just the other guys having fun. So one night I stayed up real late, and decided to go sleep at the shop to catch a couple hours of sleep before work. I kept all the lights off and passed out in the office, and about an hour and I start to wake up to all these noises. Sounds like someone's running around the warehouse, so I look out the doorway and don't see anything, and all of a sudden there's a crash in the room next to mine. The chair was spinning and stopped perfectly facing the desk I was at, and all the computer screens turned on. I went outside and smoked till everyone else showed up lol. I wasn't exactly hunting. I had a nice 94 Camaro and I needed new tire due to being a stupid teenager with a powerful car. I knew where I could get some nice tires, but I had to steal them from a guy that once stole my car and drove it into a lake. We parked across the highway in a clearing in front of a cornfield. 
We got there we each grabbed a tire and was working on throwing them in the car when we heard like a croaking noise. We looked over and saw something very human-like but like three foot tall that ran fast as shit out of the corn and into the distance all within about three seconds. We all saw it and no one believes us. We got the tires in the car and got the hell out of there fast. Not exactly spooky but when I was in boot camp I was in ship 6, name of the barracks, about 3 months after they reopened it. It had been closed for about 5 years prior and was still going through renovations while we were there. Around midnight to 4 weird shit would happen, it was likely the symptom of sleep deprivation but you'd always hear footsteps, occasionally see something moving outside the porthole on the door to the open bay and everyone on the second and third deck swore they saw either a recruit or horse walking around up there. Thing is, some dude did kill himself in that building a couple years before they closed it. Or so I've been told. At my current station though there's a bunch of vampire deer that make it onto base, and last year when I was on nights there was a deer that liked the parking lot outside my building. We have cameras that cover said parking lot and I once saw that deer looking up at the camera for a minute or two. At first it was spooky to see a deer with fangs look right back at me but then it got kinda cool. And unsettling. This was about 5 years ago, me, my mom and my dad were camping at Mary Jane Thurston State Park just outside Grand Rapids, Ohio. It was around the end of August, the beginning of September, our campsite was in the front part of the campgrounds. Leading up to the two separate incidents we occasionally heard what we thought could have been a bird of some kind screaming or screeching up in the trees or at least it sounded like it was coming from the top of the trees. We'd hear it almost every night but in a different location. We'd hear it in the trees behind us one night then the next night it would come from the other end of the campgrounds then the night after we'd hear it from across the road. I've listened to the sounds of different animals including owls to see if that was the noise we heard but nothing is even close. Occasionally we'd hear what sounded like branches being snapped but thought nothing of it. I had my own tent and that detail is somewhat important as it factors into the second incident. First incident. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. My dad woke up in the middle of the night to what sounded like someone was rummaging through the ice chest which was sitting between our tents. He said he then heard whoever or whatever it was shut the cooler and walk away. He told me and my mom about it the next day, the odd thing was that nothing was missing from the cooler. Second incident happened the night after the first one, I had a little small TV and my game console in my tent. I was watching a movie when I hear something approach our campsite, whatever it is went through the cooler again, I could hear the ice moving around as it was rummaging through the cooler. 
I was as stlll and as quiet as possible but whoever or I should say whatever it was knew I was awake because it decided to put its massive hand on the side of my tent and push it in. I was frozen with fear and didn't know what to do, it felt like forever but was only about 20 seconds before it took its hand from my tent and walked away. I didn't even think about looking for tracks the next day. We don't have bears in this part of Ohio so I definitely know it wasn't a bear. This thing didn't take anything from the ice chest despite going through it twice. I know when it put its hand on my tent and pushed it in a little, I was frozen with fear. We know it wasn't some homeless person or anyone else because there was maybe five campsites that had anyone and they were in the back part of the campground. My family has a hunting cabin in the Allegheny National Forest of Pennsylvania. My grandpa, who worked in a steel mill in Pittsburgh, bought the land in the 70s whenever the real estate agents used to go into the mills and post ads for huge plots of lands that the steelworkers would break up and all get their own plots for dirt cheap then help each other build their camps. Allegedly, there was a gravesite found on the property that my grandpa bought. The details aren't exactly clear how this was discovered. But apparently some type of survey was done before the property was sold, and archaeologists from the University of Pittsburgh uncovered a very old Native American grave. They excavated the grave, but the pit, by that point now just a depression in the ground, was still there. This was on my grandpa's property about 200 yards from the cabin. Of course I don't know that any of this is true, but the depression was and as far as I know is still there. And that was the story we were all told. Of course, when I was a kid, my cousins, and I used to do very dumb and disrespectful things like go back to the site in the middle of the night, and dare each other to lay down in it. I probably was about 10 years old when this happened, in the early 90s. My dad swears he doesn't remember it but my cousin I keep in touch with clearly also remembers it. We were sitting around the campfire, roasting hot dogs and marshmallows, talking. That type of thing. Obviously, there was no alcohol on my part as I was like 10, and my dad didn't drink. I remember my dad shushing everybody and my older cousins and my dad were talking about seeing somebody in the woods. My dad is telling everybody to be quiet, and he shines a flashlight into the woods. We don't see anybody. We go back to our business and one of my cousin shouts out there he is again. By shielding the light from the fire, you can see a wispy, grayish human figure walking through the woods slowly, like prowling like he's trying not to make any noise. He was walking from our left as if he came from behind the cabin and was crossing the wood line along our left and then across the front of the yard just along the trees, but probably 50 yards or so from us, taking a wide turn to avoid us. Nobody said a word. My dad and one of my cousins both shined flashlights several times, but he would disappear. You could only see him in the dark and after your eyes adjusted. At some point he walked in the field of view where the fire was between us and him, and we never saw him again. The creepy part is the direction he was walking was towards the gravesite. We had never seen this before and never saw it again. I probably spent a week every summer at the camp until I was about 20. Family drama slash weirdness after my grandpa died kind of ruined the camp for us and I haven't been back. Needless to say, we didn't mess with the grave again after this.
using a throwaway in the off chance someone I know sees this. To give some parameters I'm a 20-year-old guy in Tennessee. I've always been into cryptids, supernatural oddities and basically everything mysterious or unexpected. However, I haven't had the time lately to research too much on which cryptids are which. Basically a couple years ago I started seeing weird deer. I couldn't explain why they were odd they just didn't seem right. One day I ended up seeing a rather large buck that had that aura about him and I shit you not he looked dead at me and stood right up on his rear legs. Needless to say I bolted before he could start walking towards me. It continued I ended up catching a couple of these encounters on camera, one of a deer levitating and another of one standing and walking all on my trail cams. Other creepy things started happening like hearing mimic sounds and the voice of my brother coming from the woods when he was standing next to me. I thought it was just something weird on this spooky chunk of land I lived on. I moved about an hour away from there a few months back and nothing too crazy has happened since. That was until tonight when me and my girlfriend were laying in bed. We didn't get to bed until about 2.30 am and around 3.13 we heard a weird noise through the open window above our bed. It's the goddamn mimicking again. Something is out there making very obvious fake dog noises. I almost went out to check and see if they were okay before my groggy ass remembered all the dogs were obviously brought in for bed over an hour ago. I know it sounds crazy but I'm pretty sure whatever this is has followed me before and it followed me again maybe. What cryptid or thing has these traits in the middle, upper Tennessee region? Any comments or help would be greatly appreciated. It's 4.30 now and I'm laying in bed reading random books online and reddit threads trying to learn what this is and how to deal with it. My dad saw the Michigan dog man back in the 70 or 80s in the northern part of Michigan. I remember the first time he told me. I had never heard of it but was just starting to get into the paranormal slash cryptid universe and I was shook. He said him and a few buddies were driving up north Michigan to their other buddy's house to go hunting. When they pulled over to take a quick bathroom break, if anyone knows northern Michigan, you know how dense the forest can be. They all got out and as they were doing their business one of them started howling as a joke. Then, they heard something howl back at them. Very close. It happened again and they all jumped in the car as fast as they could. As they were pulling back on the road my dad said a dog-like creature wearing a tattered soldier uniform came from behind the brush and stood there. He said he couldn't believe what he was seeing and it was as if time stood still for a few minutes. They continued driving away as fast as they could, which caused them to take a wrong turn and got lost. My dad said they had to sleep in the car that night so they could find their way back to their friend's house in daylight. I know my dad wouldn't make up the story, he said a few years later a bunch of sightings started coming out of the woodwork in northern Michigan as well. There's even a song about it. I'm curious, has anyone seen a dog man or any other cryptids in Michigan? I was in middle school in my gym class and we were told we would go outside on the field today. It was the end of the year so our gym class had finished the whole curriculum for the year. We had a choice of playing football, soccer, foursquare or just walking around the field talking with friends. Me and my friend, 
for the sake of privacy I will call her Jessie, we picked walking. Only about 20 other kids out of about 80 picked walking, me and Jessie being two of them. We were walking around as normal and on two of the sides of the field it is just woods for miles back. We live in northern New Jersey, in Appalachia so we knew what lurked in those woods. We were taught what to do at a very young age. Unlike many of my supernatural encounters, this one I had a friend by my side. Me and Jesse have been friends all year so we had gotten to know each other pretty well. And me and her were obsessed with talking about Appalachia folklore and supernatural creatures so we knew what signs to look for. Anyways, we were walking as normal and then by the third time around the field on the woods side we started hearing the leaves crunching. At first we thought, it must have been a deer or maybe a fox, we never thought it would be more than that, but it was. Where the woods cuts of there's a hill, not very tall but still a hill. So we started hearing birds chirping, but they didn't sound right. It sounded like a computer was trying to make birds sound but just wasn't getting the sound right. We were now a little confused and mildly disturbed but we just kept walking. The gym period is 50 minutes so we had at least another 30 minutes left we we sucked it up and kept on walking. But when we went by the woods again we heard the bird again but this time louder and more demanding kind of. Me and Jesse then were skeptical about this whole situation but we just kept walking. Then about 20 seconds later we heard footsteps in the woods again this time much closer and faster. Now, when you're in Appalachia and a supernatural creature is stalking you the best thing to do is to walk fast away, but not too fast. But we panicked and ended up running. It didn't catch us when we ran so we got less worried and kept walking. We didn't want to tell other students or the teachers since they obviously wouldn't believe us. But we were still very freaked out, but like I said we kept walking. But at this point me being the curious person I am I tried to look into the woods, bad decision. The bird noises were now crazy loud almost like a bird in distress. Now we knew it had to be one of the many cryptids that roamed Appalachia. We narrowed the list to, the rake, skinwalkers, or the windy boy. But we still weren't sure. At this point there is about 5 to 10 minutes left in gym and this would be our last lap until we went inside. This time we heard the bird noises and footsteps and we saw a huge dark figure that looked like a tree just standing there. It was not there before. Before me or my friend could even think we just ran, we knew it was bad to run but not worse than what that thing would have done to us. We left school haunted from this encounter. The moment we got home we FaceTimed and talked about it until we found out what cryptid it was. We researched for at least an hour until we found out it was the Windy Boy. I have had more encounters like this but this one haunts me all the time. And sometimes I still feel like it's watching me. Labor Day of 2015, my mother, my wife and three children, and I went to a very remote cabin that we rented out. It was an old fire watchman station or something of the sort. So it had the cabin and three other sheds or shops. I'll try to keep it short now, but this is a bizarre story. We unpacked, settled into the cabin and then decided to walk a couple hundred yards down to the river, barefoot and sandals with shorts for all of us. We got down to the pebbled shore and were playing or throwing rocks, etc. when I realized there were about snakes everywhere. 
My wife, mom, and I yanked up the three kids and boogied off. After reaching a safe distance from them, I went back with a water bottle and caught one in it to see what it was. Turns out we were in a nest of diamondback rattlesnakes. If one of those things latched onto one of my kids, they surely would have died. We were about three hours away from any medical facility. We got back to the cabin and my mom and I went for a hike or walk alone while my wife calmed the kiddos and fed them lunch. Upon returning about 15 minutes later, all three of my kids and my wife were inside with the doors and windows all closed up, even though we had everything open to cool the place off. We went inside to hear all four of them start yelling about a bear that was about 150 yards from the cabin, huffing and puffing at the wife and kids on the front porch, eating. It was down by the river, another 30 yards or so down the hill that he poked his head up and over from. A few hours go by and in that time, an ATV passed by three times, with two inbred looking freaks on it, and each time they stopped in front of the gate onto the property and stared at us or the cabin. Keep in mind, we're two hours into the wilderness in Idaho with no sight of a person the whole entire trip, except them. We decide it's bedtime for the kiddos, as it's pitch black out. Within 10 minutes, our son, five at the time, went from being perfectly fine, active, talkative, to having a fever of 103F, slightly foaming at the mouth and being completely unresponsive. That was it, we were leaving immediately and going to seek medical attention. I opened the front door of the cabin to start loading the two cars, by the light of one porch bulb and the headlights on the cars, which were both parked facing the gate, and that's when we all three, adults, heard about four to six large and heavy animals running all around the cabin and property. There was one on the right side of the house, when exiting, that I could hear pacing back and forth and breathing heavy. I made everyone stay inside and close the door every time I went outside to transfer stuff to the cars, about four to five trips. I had a stick and a big pot that I was smacking as hard and loud as I could each trip and was yelling loudly at random. As soon as I'm all done loading, I take each kid out individually and load them up between the two cars, the escort my mom out, then wife out. My wife and I were in the lead car. So we pulled up out of the gate and for some stupid MF reason or another, I felt that I needed to close the gate. So I got out of my vehicle and walked behind it in my mom's car by about 15 feet, and closed the gate. Now, this gate was literally a log that slide from one post to the other. It offered zero protection or barrier between me and the animals out there. Right as I went to turn around, I heard loud padded footsteps walking up to me, directly in front of me no more than 10 feet, then I see eyes shimmering from the moonlight as the deepest, scariest growl I have ever heard in my life. I turn and ran so fast that I swear, I must have jumped from where I was to the driver's seat up my car some 30 feet behind me and as I landed in my seat, I slammed it into drive and spun out, finally leaving. It gets weirder slash scarier though. About 15 minutes down the road, we were still panicking about our unresponsive son, and we both kept having this horrible, evil doom feeling fast a shadow over us. I looked down and realized I still had that baby rattlesnake in the water bottle, in my cup holder so I grabbed it and threw it out the window immediately. Not even two minutes later we hear our son softly crying. 
We realize he's responsive and he stated something along the lines of, why are we leaving? What's going on? He was crying because he was sad to leave. He couldn't remember the last hour or so whatsoever. Quick backstory for what's next, my mother was about 58 years old at the time, she's been a Jehovah's Witness my whole life, plus many more years beforehand, and she is the last person in the world to believe in signs, evil spirits, omens, etc. The next day, my mom broke down extremely bad, sobbing her eyes out, hardly able to talk. She confessed to my wife that the night before we left, she had a nightmare in which we went on the camping trip, we came across snakes, a bear, and a pack of wolves. She said she knew a lot of bad things happened at that outpost and it was full of evil. Most of all, she said one of your kids died. I swear on my life, to this very day, if I ask her who died and how it happened, she immediately starts crying and refuses to tell me or anyone. She lives her life now with the guilt that she willingly ignored her nightmare and put us in the situation, nearly taking one of her dear grandkids away from this world. She doesn't deserve to feel that. I know this sounds all crazy AF but a week later, on the local news, were reports of a wolf pack in that area. Wolves and bears may not coexist in harmony, but as far as I know, they do share territories and respect each other. This outpost station of sorts was about one hours into the wilderness from Loman, Banks, Idaho if you want to verify the animals actually exist around there. Sadly, I grew up in the mountains for the most of my pre-early teen years. As did my wife until she was 10 years old. I even have a half sleeve of the wilderness or trees on my left arm. With that said, we don't care to go to the mountains anymore. Thanks for hearing everything out and I'll leave this too. I DC if you believe me. This was or is real to my family's story and I swear, that night changes a lot of things for us going forward. So, I grew up in rural South Georgia and lived with my parents and several siblings on a large farm. Most of my family grew up believing in paranormal activity, mostly due to our Native American heritage. My dad, on the other hand, was a staunch non-believer and would always discount our encounters as hogwash or overactive imaginations. My mom said for years that she would be woken during the night by disembodied voices. She said that it would sound like a room full of people, where you couldn't hear a single conversation, but could tell the overall mood of the room. The activity would heighten around pivotal times in her life, death of her mom, brother. For years, my dad would laugh it off and say he's never heard a thing. Even after all the kids moved out. Fast forward several years later and my dad had been diagnosed with large and small cell lymphoma and went through chemo slash lost hair and lost significant weight. I stayed with him around Christmas of 2020 and I vividly remember him telling me that he is routinely wakened by the same voices that he had discounted for decades. He said that he would check the house to make sure that no TVs or radios were running elsewhere because the chatter was so loud. He ended up passing away from cancer in March of 2021. Looking back on it, I wonder if the voices were warning or welcoming him to his final outcome?
So a while ago I went to my grandma's hometown in Mexico she told me about not going to the creek at night as there is some sort of water spirits that would steal children I found this interesting and decided to investigate and that day when the sun was going down I made my way to the creek it was quite the long walk and isolated but soon enough I started hearing drums and other types of instruments coming from that direction the closer I got the louder they got and when I was a few yards away it suddenly stopped and I felt like I was being watched any ways I made my way back home cause I'm not dumb enough and had a terrible nightmare it felt so real and the only reason I snapped out of the dream was because my grandma heard me shout while sleeping and proceeded to cleanse me with an egg it was a really weird experience and would like to find more info or similar experiences on this. I used to hunt to fit in with the family many years ago. Didn't care for it wasn't good at it. Went and did it anyways. One of my first kills was a fawn. It. Was. Awful. I didn't mean to shoot a fawn. There was a whole herd of whitetails scattered around a field that we stumbled upon. The bastard donor I was with wasn't into hunting properly so we came upon them driving, at dusk, and he demanded I hop out of the vehicle and shoot at them from the truck door. I shot at the first brown thing that came into my sights. He was standing half behind a hilltop and I thought I'd shot at the doe. I was wrong and, let me tell you, there is nothing like watching an entire herd of whitetails scatter except for one lone doe who stays behind, standing there and calling loudly for her baby. I'll never forget how horrible it was. She didn't leave when we started approaching the fawn either. I got the gut-wrenching experience of watching her baby try to get up and run to her, but be entirely unable to because her front end was mangled, while she cried out for it more and more frantically. Eventually she ran when we got too close, but she didn't go far. She stayed at the tree line while the bastard donor fired round after round point blank into the fawn's neck, missing each time and putting the animal in more and more distress. He was breaking its back, he said. He didn't. Eventually, it just bled out. I don't know when the doe left. She was gone when the fawn died. I was never able to go out into the fields after that. I'd questioned the family's hunting abilities for years at that point, I'd had concerns about their practices before, but seeing firsthand how ruthless, dangerous, and cruel so-called experienced hunters could be, and being thrown into the situation of being a danger myself, left me terrified of being in the trees-slash-fields with someone like that ever again. I'm still a massive supporter of safe, legal hunting, and I completely understand the appeal of it as both a sport, and a lifestyle, a freezer full of meat saves a lot of money. I'm thrilled when friends score a big hunt. I love seeing records set. But I'm also a huge advocate against any sort of poaching, improper gun use, and immoral hunting. People need to be educated about what they're doing and how. They need to understand the gravity that is killing another living thing. Yes, hunting can be thrilling, beneficial, and a great experience. But it's not like hockey or soccer or any other sport. It's dangerous and deadly. It's grim and disgusting. You either do it right, or you don't do it at all. I don't care how much fun you're having. You're involved in an activity with a lot of responsibilities and, if you can't fulfill that, you have no right to kill another living being. 
Couple that with how many people have died out where I live due to completely preventable hunting accidents, because so many people are like the bastard donor and worse, and you couldn't pay me enough to go back out there again. Back in 1995 my ex and I were driving from Langley AFB Virginia to Columbus, Ohio. We were on 33 between Harrisonburg, Virginia and Elkins, West Virginia. Very Appalachia if you know what I mean. To our right just off the highway and in the forest there was something very large and gray moving parallel to us. We only saw it for a moment as I was probably doing 80 miles per hour. We didn't get a good look at it because it was obscured by the trees and I was speeding. It looked like the side of an elephant, no head, just this big, gray body walking. I said to my ex-wife did you see that? She replied WTF was that? We were both shocked. We later joked it was baby the dinosaur because we were kids from the 80s. I've seen strange things before and since, but nothing tops that. I haven't thought about it in probably 10 years, but was talking to my wife and son this morning about weird things and it came up. I googled West Virginia cryptids and found the Grafton monster. My memory is fuzzy, but this is close to what I saw. That's it, that's the tale, just wanted to share. Okay so me and one of my friends were joking around last night in the woods as we usually do because it's fun just to chill it's calming. But basically we have been these woods ABT a good 100 times. I know it like the back of my hand. We were coming back and it's like 12.40 at this point we went out at like 11.30. As we are about to leave the woods we hear a loud ass whistle right at us. It wasn't bird-like. I've heard countless birds and it wasn't near that. It sounded human. And my brain became uneasy and we ran a good mile I'd say looking every direction seeing if anything was there. Mind you I like Vey around 40 minutes from the closest town and I live in a very small community. So it's very unlikely that it was another person. I only had my lighter that I carry no flashlights or anything so we were pretty freaked. Any ideas what we heard? Okay, you might not believe me but me and my two other friends were staying the night at let's just call him Jerry's house. We were talking about going out at night time to see anything, because our town has a lot of scary stories and legends. We went out, and we were all on edge and we heard a couple sounds that scared us, most likely just radiator noises and branches cracking, leading to us to run inside. We went to Jerry's room and we all looked out Jerry's window. We didn't see anything for a while but when my other friend, we'll call him Bodhi, said he saw something outside peeking from the side of a tree. We all looked at the direction he was looking, but me and Jerry couldn't see anything. Then Bodhi refused to look out again because the sight of the thing was burned into his mind. I couldn't see it, so Bodhi described it to me. After I looked back through the window, I saw it myself. I can only describe it as extremely skinny to the point you could see its bones, and it had an extremely bulbous head that was large enough to be bigger than its entire body this is what lead me to think it was the Dover demon. Jerry went to get his binoculars, but couldn't find them. We tried to take a picture of it, but the only time the camera would focus, the monster wasn't there. In fact, 
the entire tree was missing. It was there for a while after when trying to find something else to get proof, but it left soon after. I know the camera not working is kind of a cliche excuse, but I put it on everything, we really saw it. I saw the skinwalker. The day began when I woke up from my bed and looked through the window. It was still morning when I went to school and noticed the door was open. The bathroom door was also open. I entered and saw a head looking at me through the window. I ran out, locked the bathroom, and left the house. I went to school until I heard footsteps behind me. I started running, and when I reached the window, I saw a shadow. When my classmates arrived, the shadow disappeared. Later, when I went out, I saw my house in a mess. Then I saw him at the door of my room. I ran, grabbed a pan, and continued running until it was afternoon. I went back inside my house, and it was empty. I lay down on my bed and fell asleep. I have seen what I believe to be greys and I've seen them on two different occasions. Once when I was a child. I had an experience one night. I was probably around six or seven years old. I remember sitting up in the bed. You know, back there in those days, back when I was a kid, people didn't lock their doors, stuff like that. I kind of lived out in somewhat of a rural area and I remember the door coming open one night and this light coming through it. I mean just this bright, like a bluish white light and I remember seeing this little person come walking in and he had this kind of leotard jumpsuit on and he came up and he sat down on the bed with me. And here I am, five or six years old, freaking out, you know. And I'm freaking out and I'm trying to scream but nothing is coming out. This creature, being, or whatever it was, just kind of sat there a minute, then it got up and walked into the kitchen. And my little curious self went in there and there was nothing in there. So I kind of chalked it up to be some kind of childhood dream or hallucination or something like that. It wasn't until I was an adult that I saw a similar being, almost in the same way. I had just gotten married at that time back in like 1996 and, the thing came into my house in the same type of manner. So have I seen them? Well, if I haven't seen them then I've had some pretty damn vivid dreams of them. Now if you want to look at it from the perspective of, have I seen them while I was Bigfoot hunting? Well, I haven't seen a creature per se but I have seen some very strange craft-like objects and funny glowing little lights and stuff going through the woods and stuff while I was Bigfooting. I don't know. Even now, I'm a tad bit unsure if what I saw was even real but I'm 99% sure that, yes, I have seen aliens. When I was a teenager probably about 15-16 I was hanging out with a group of friends out on the back deck at my buddy's house which backs up to a small forested green strip, pretty much a forested area that runs through residential areas to provide habitat and protect streams from pollution. One of my friends looked down off the deck and said WTF is that. When I looked there was what I can only describe as a huge humanoid-shaped shadow figure, its proportions weren't normal it was very broad, didn't seem to have a neck and was just massive like 7 to 8 feet tall. It didn't have any discernible features, no eyes, mouth, hair, etc., 
It just seemed to be made out of the absence of light if that makes sense. It was just standing there facing us at the edge of the tree line. Has anyone ever heard of anything like this? Obviously Bigfoot or Sasquatch kind of comes to mind as far as the size and shape but I don't think that's what we saw. Recently, my fiancé and I were watching a movie. I'm not sure what it was but there was a scene in the movie with a UFO. We got into a conversation about it and she asked me if I had ever seen a UFO. I proceeded to tell her the same story that I'm about to tell you that I had never told anybody because to be quite honest as I was telling her the story, memories were coming to me that I had completely put in the back of my mind. I lived in a small town called Dover, Missouri, about 60 miles east of Kansas City. I was living with a girlfriend at the time and her brother. My girlfriend worked the night shift so I would stay up late at night and wait for her to get home in the morning. For some reason, we decided to go to Concordia, Missouri to a truck stop for coffee. The truck stop was about 25 to 30 miles away from where we were. My girlfriend's brother was driving his car and I was riding in the passenger seat. We left the house at about 12.30 or 1 o'clock in the morning and proceeded to drive east on Highway 24 leaving Dover towards the exit to go to Concordia. My girlfriend's brother had some god-awful rap music playing in the car and I was looking out the window watching for deer. As I am looking out the window he is talking but I'm really not paying attention to what he is saying because I see a bright light about a mile ahead 200 feet off the ground ahead of us. I was able to gauge the distance because I could see beyond the water tower that I was familiar with at an orchard on Highway 24. I could clearly make out that the red light was flashing on top of the water tower, and this light appeared to be just off to the side of it and above it. I watched the light for about a minute or two and I asked him if he saw what I saw. I can only describe it as a ball of light that changed colors. As we got closer I noticed that it was not moving it was stationary side by side with the light on top of the water tower. Keep in mind this water tower is in the middle of nowhere there are no buildings around for at least 15 to 20 miles beside the barn that was on the opposite side of the road and is about half the height of the water tower. I remember telling him it was not moving. We stopped the car to get out and look at it and it started to move. This is the point of the story where my fiancé asked me what happened next and, to be honest, until she asked me that question I never thought about it, and I do not remember what happened next. My next memory is turning south onto the side road off Highway 24. But I believe that it was much later when we arrived at the truck stop around 3 am but it seemed perfectly normal to us at the time and remained that way until the night I was with my fiancé many years later. As I have thought about it more the last month or so I remember flashes of images but I do not trust the images are accurate because as I said, I'm not sure what happened.